Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Divided Films, the podcast where we talk about movies that audiences and critics do not agree on. My name is JJ and with me as always is my co-host Keith. Hello! Uh, Keith's signature uh, greeting. And then um, with us today is a very, very special person. I'm so excited to have him on the podcast finally. Um, my amazing fiance, Eric Taro. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome Hi, to Eric. The, welcome to the podcast, Eric. Uh, how's it feel to finally be on the podcast? I mean, it's long overdue, JJ, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to finally partake in such a great podcast because I've, I've been listening to a lot of it and I've been around. So <laughs> it's been great to finally be in it and talk about a movie I love. And it's just... It's going to be exciting. Yeah, Eric actually has sat in on uh, some of our recordings in the past, and we're just waiting for the perfect movie to talk about. And uh, when we discovered that today's movie was divided, uh, we knew for sure this had to be it. So today's divided film is the 2004 high school teen comedy Mean Girls, directed by Mark Waters and starring uh, Tina Fey and Lindsay Lohan. Uh, This movie falls into the category of having a fresh score with critics and a mixed score with audiences so that's 84 percent score with critics on rotten tomatoes 66 percent with audiences so like an 18 percent divide there and the uh, critic consensus elevated by a brilliant screenplay and outstanding ensemble cast mean girls finds fresh female fronted humor in the high school experience so uh, what did you guys think when you found out that this, what I thought was like a staple Hallmark, you know, movie, you know, like a household movie was divided? When I mean, you I... told me, oh, uh, when you told me, I was, I was a bit shocked. I was a bit shocked, especially when you consider the legacy that this movie has. Yeah, exactly. What, what did you think, Eric? Me too. I was actually extremely shocked because everyone I knew loved this movie. Um, I love this movie, and I'm surprised that it's the audience who did not like it, because I thought maybe the critics did not like it as much, because it could be one of those cheesy high school movies, but then again, like, I guess the audience, I'm shocked by that. Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I was very confused by, how, you know, the low low audience score, and so, you know, looking into this, you know, we really wanted to dive in this time to figure out what's going on with this audience score, and uh, first of all, I think this movie's is getting flack for what um, Freaky Friday, which we also talked about, is getting flack for, which is just Lindsay Lohan. There are people who are just anti-Lindsay Lohan, even before she went crazy. Like, I think she's great in, in this, and for some reason, she just has these detractors, and uh, I'm not sure why. What, what do you guys think of Lindsay Lohan in this movie? Well, I think Lindsay Lohan is a perfect character to have in this movie, because the thing is, she played the roles that... You know, she's coming from Africa, and that she has these roles where she's not the popular, beautiful, cool girl all the time. You know, when she was in Freaking Friday, she was that rocker chick. She wasn't essentially, like, the cool girl. And then also in um, Parent Trap, you know, she wasn't she wasn't that glamour young girl. She was just, she's that kind of girl that you bring into something that, okay, she's normal. She's, I guess she's not, she can mold, be molded into something cool, but... Yeah, she's more, like, relatable in a lot of her movies. And she certainly starts out that way in this movie. I mean, you know, I don't know how many people can relate to being homeschooled in Africa, but she comes across as more of that, like, down-to-earth girl in the beginning. And, uh, you know, I think she's endearing, uh, you know, playing that kind of part. What do you think, Keith? This is the role that she will be remembered for. Like, this is this is her at the top of her career. And this is the... This is kind of like... Uh, like, if Freaky Friday and Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen were starting to open doors for her, this one was like, oh, wow, this movie made her a star. This movie made a lot of people stars, but this yeah. movie made her a star. And, like, it, she, had, she has great timing. She has, She's relatable. Like, she went on to host SNL, and I think, like, that was even, like, a very, like, she did a very good job at it. Like, she was Hermione in that one sketch like she had great that that's a very well-remembered sketch was that the same episode where everyone 
broke character in the Disney sketch with um, I, yes. Debbie Downer. Yes. That is yes. a legendary sketch. Uh, you know, everyone breaking character there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think uh, yeah, she. This was this was like when Lindsay Lohan was like the a huge name in in yeah. movies, and I think this was the peak because I think after this is maybe when you know things started to go a little downhill for her. But um, yeah, if this is maybe yeah. the pinnacle of her career, I think it's pretty good. I think this, yeah, we Eric and I have talked about this before. We think that Mean Girls is probably the most quintessential high school movie of the two thousands. You know, I think maybe number two could be Super Bad, uh, and that came like you know a few years later. But when you talk about the biggest high school movies of each decade, you know, Clueless of the nineties, I think Mean Girls will probably be the top high school movie of the 2000s. What like is there any other high school movie that maybe could be a contender for that? I totally forgot about Superbad, but I was cuz Mean Girls for me was the top and they're very two, they're both high school movies, but Mean Girls is a teen rock, like it, they're so different stylized if that well, but here's a way you can differentiate them. You know, this Mean Girls is a female-led movie and then super bad is more of a male-led uh teen movie so they're both are great though yeah yeah both, accessible both, to everybody both were very popular and you know i think maybe uh mean girls has maybe stood the test of time a little better in terms of you know people continuing to watch it and, and quote it and stuff like that um because it is extremely quotable very quotable like watching the movie you can't help but quote everything it's just it's great <laughs> i think you could maybe have like really fun screenings where people like you know shout out recite the lines as they're being said you know there, there's so many uh you know great great lines and that's a great tribute to uh tina fey's writing you know like she she's the, also the writer behind this and it's you know it's not like you know the 30 rock humor per se but it's just like really just really good comedic writing just solid jokes solid character-based humor and you know sometimes it gets a little absurd but you know not too much where it breaks character from the the nature of the film um also I, as you mentioned this is a show of the movie of the 2000s like for example breakfast club of the 80s 90s was clueless anything after this i can't even think of a high school movie that's as great as mean girls that kind of has that film you don't really have that anymore I yeah. kind of miss, uh, except for like Edge of Seventeen, which was such like a breath of fe- fresh air. And even that's like you guys were looking at me like I've never heard of, you've never heard of this movie. It's with that Haley Steinfeld, 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 uh, the True Grit Girl. Uh, like that was such a breath of fresh air, but people don't really know about it. But this kind of this genre kind of went out in the after like the two thousand decade. This like might the be two thousands. This might be the last big, great high school movie that everyone saw. I mean, because nowadays you get, I think, a lot of independent high school movies. You know, like Lady yeah. Bird, good, I man. really liked. Uh, and then also Booksmart, which came out last year, I thought was pretty good. But, like, again, these are all movies that are maybe more small scale in terms of its audience size. And I think they're they're well-received. I think quality-wise they're pretty good. But they're definitely not the cultural phenomenon that mean girls was um so uh, there's definitely a lot of power here in the you know the cultural uh resonance of mean girls while this movie and, and this hit me when i was watching doing a rewatch for this this movie may not be perfect but it is a perfect storm like everything fell into place at the right time for it to be the cultural zeitgeist and uh, like uh, like Mark Waters worked with Lindsay Lohan on Freaky Friday, so there's that connection. Tina Fey, Tina Fey's writing with Lauren Michaels production. Like Lauren Michaels had a lot of stake in this movie. Like he's the one who said, like Amanda Seyfried, you're very good at playing the dumb girl. She will be the dumb girl. Uh, Lindsay Lohan originally tried out for Regina Dor- George, mm-hmm. and they're like, no, you're be-. like he had a. He was a big. His name is the first thing you see in this movie. It's and a Lauren Michaels production, right? Um, and there's a lot of heavy SNLness aside from like there's four cast members, but there it, the humor is Tina Fey meets like SNL, and it it's just like a perfect storm of. It must be how like people feel about Ghostbusters. This movie really kind of should not have worked, but with the comic stylings of 
everyone involved, not even Tina Fey and Lindsay Lohan, but everyone's hilarious in this. Yeah, I think uh, the casting is really on point. I mean, like you mentioned, there's a lot of Saturday Night Live cast members, and you know, maybe you could say this is like a semi SNL movie. You know, yeah, it's not I based thinking, on a it's not based on a sketch, but it's got so much of that SNL power. In it, it might um, as well be. But. Yeah, right. And I, I love you know, they're they're pretty much um, you know, secondary or minor characters, but they all work. I mean, Amy Poehler is hilarious <laughs> in this as the mom. It's cool mom. Yeah, I'm a cool mom, you know. Uh that- Tim Meadows for me. Tim, Tim Meadows Me- I think is one of the most underrated funniest people like ever. Like if you need a funny dad in a show or in a movie, he is my he would be my go-to, especially in Pop Star. Yeah, I think like, he kind of brings this. Um, I mean, that could easily be like a throwaway role, right? Like just like the principal yeah. who's trying to keep order. But uh, I think he kind of brings this like I hate my life sort of mentality to the role. That is really... <laughs> I did not leave the South Side for this. Like that line <laughs> makes me laugh. I know that's not quotable, but that line just makes me laugh. And I think that also is what you really need in comedies to kind of flesh out all the characters to give them like a comedic identity that everyone can recognize and they all have their bits and even you know you have the snl cast members but even like the students all the students have their bits and this movie really benefits from a really solid color colorful cast like one of my favorite uh students in this movie is the girl who goes um one time regina george punched me in the face it was awesome i i love that girl the look on her face throughout the movie is this completely like sincere and like desperate look on her face and like the line that always kills me is during um the assembly after the big fight when she tells tim meadows about her wide set vagina <laughs> i absolutely lose it she's so sincere when she's telling him about this and on the top, look on, the look on, on top of that face it's his it's face classic. like i can't handle this so who has a lady problem that they like to talk about yes Somebody wrote in that book that I'm lying about being a virgin because I use super jumbo tampons, but I can't help it if I've got a heavy flow and a wide set vagina. Yeah, I can't do this. Uh, but yeah, no, that like that all goes to the the actors that they picked. But I read that Tina Fey, like I just read it the other day, but Tina Fey did really write like facts and details for all the characters like you you could go up to tina fey on set going like no matter who you were in the cast and she would have an answer for your character i think all these characters feel lived in that's great i mean she created basically her own world you know that's like world building almost to create this high school movie uh because um you know it it does feel that way it does feel like every character even like the background characters have like you know that identity and you see it you know kind of uh defined in that one uh sequence when they uh you know cover all the clicks in yeah. in the school you know and i think they did their best to try to really capture like the kind of clicks you would see at high school at the time i mean sad enough to say i was probably with the band geeks at the time when i was in high school you know i'll admit it um but you know they definitely i definitely recognize a lot of those clicks from when i was in high school that's the thing about high school movies. You have this eclectic mix, this melting pot of different people. And all these different identities is just great to have in one school where you have these different cliques that kind of have these identities that anyone can relate to, essentially. And I think that speaks to the power of the movie. I would think that's what audience would like about the movie is that so many of them can relate to it in one sense or another. But going into some of these audience reviews, just to try to get into what audiences weren't that crazy about it seems like one a lot of like a lot of people who wrote reviews on Rotten Tomatoes are very meh about this movie like they're just like some people are just yeah like they don't care for it one way or the other uh which is unfortunate shocked yeah like people are just like it's you know generic people called it like you know typical cliched but I don't think it's your cliched high school movie that you would maybe have seen in like the late 90s I I think this movie is um you know is is I, I don't know i think this movie is doing something different than you would normally see in your typical coming of age high school movie 
I think going through the audience scores for me, uh, granted, uh, you kind of have to really just a lot of that is like four out of five, like four out of five stars, five out of five. This is my favorite movie. And that's a you see a lot of that. And then you go like someone will be honest. And I'm always shocked that people are like, I'm going to give an honest review about my I'm going to give an honest met opinion about this movie on this random day. I'm always shocked that people are just willing to do that. Uh, but yeah, just I, like take time out of your day to write uh, a man review. review. <laughs> like I'm always, I'm, I'm just kind of shocked that like these aren't, yeah, these aren't bots or anything. The, uh, yeah. What compels a person to take time out of their day to write a review about a 16 year old movie that they don't feel that strongly about? That's kind uh, of peculiar, but it's equivalent to like, meeting someone at a party or wherever and you're saying like oh you know this is my favorite show i love it. it's my favorite comedy and the person's like meh it's not not for me and you're like what everyone like it's it, there are more than enough people i've had those experiences i'm kind of you're in what makes you laugh is what makes you laugh yeah, uh laughing and i think that's just like this doesn't a lot of people, uh, or at least a good amount of people, were like, eh, this isn't for me. Yeah, I uh, guess, you know, laughter is um, an involuntary response. So if you don't laugh, you don't laugh. And that's too bad. I feel like this is very uh, broad humor uh, that yeah. is, is just like, you know, the kind of humor that is crowd. I, I don't want to say crowd pleasing because that kind of like sounds like it's like easy to write. I, I would say that, you know, Tina Fey is very good at writing, you know, a unique style of humor that a lot of people can enjoy. So I that's guess I'm just shocked that there's more there. Like the, this movie is funny and this in, and we said it before this movie to me, if you were to make a list of not only like, I'm curious where it falls on teen comedies of all time, but at least at the two thousands, this is number one. It's like, I'm not saying it's a game changer. It's just a very well-written tight jokes land. Well-acted movie. Yeah. It's and, gotta be on top. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the rest and people just go meh. Like, yeah, people are some. A lot of people, a lot of people are just like whatever about it. Maybe those are people who just aren't fans of the high school genre in general. Um, I mean, I can't mention any scene where I'm bored. It's just in the movie that you can't really get bored in. I feel like yeah, it's a very short. Like, I I forgot that it's only like an hour and a half, and it like it flies by or it flies by, and this it doesn't wait on a joke too long it really is right on right on to the next one yeah i mean i it definitely has a good energy to it uh the jokes come like not super fast but at a you know pretty good pace you know you're right they don't like sit on too many uh jokes for too long um and it's very character driven you know uh and it's the kind of movie you can kind of jump into any scene with like there's definitely a story but it's a kind of movie where yeah, at least when you've seen it a lot, you you're totally fine watching for you know if you catch it on TV, you'll watch it maybe for like an hour or so, and then you know maybe get your fill or you know sometimes like we did, you'll just have a whole sit down with it because uh, because so many of the scenes are so strong on their own, you know like there's the the phone scene is a classic scene of just uh, oh there's two of them like you know there's the one where she gets ambushed, you know in the <laughs> beginning, which I think is pretty funny. You know Regina George has that line. It's like. You know, aren't you mad at Gretchen for telling your secret? And Gretchen's like secretly on the line listening. This is a perfect time of this of the three way calls, which I actually did a lot of during those years. Really? I love three way calls. Um, we do a lot of prank calling, a lot of talking to multiple people at once, and not the other person not knowing they're there. Oh, you did that. Of, you would. Have I people, definitely did that a lot. You would have people you on were, the line, and they wouldn't. You were know, a jerky boy. <laughs> you were a jerky boy, like I, mean I, boys. Like, That's like a spinoff. Yeah. Uh, okay, that, that that's pretty funny. Um, and the thing with this movie is that this movie came out be- right before I started high school. Like this, I looked at this movie thinking, "Oh my gosh, high school gonna be like this?" Because I love it. It's just so much going on. I mean, not the wild parts. It's not, that's crazy. But the whole thing about this movie is just you have all these different clicks and it made me real excited. Because going to high school, <laughs> you just want to be in this world of meeting different people and finding your place. Yeah, no, that's true. Everyone, you, you see the lunch tables and you think like, okay, like who am I going to sit with? It's the same thing. Like I, I was just a year out of high school before, you know, uh, and, and this movie comes out. So uh, I was, I, and maybe I was a little scared to go into high school. You know, I, I think it's funny too. I remember a lot of girls in my school 
saying that like Regina George was their hero or something, which is kind of missing the point of the movie. You know, it, it's almost as if people people watch this movie and get it, and other people watch it and enjoy it for like the wrong reasons. Like, oh, they they relate to the plastics and root for them, and it's like, oh no, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Well, I love Regina, and actually, a lot of my friends loved Regina and the plastics. Like, we actually found them so hilarious. The burn book is something actually a lot of people who I knew from grade school going to high school. We had a lot of rumors and gossip, <laughs> and I imagine us maybe having this book where we just write about people. It's like essentially a yearbook where you can just write your thoughts about your comments about people. The burn book is basically just Facebook now, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Facebook or Twitter. People I'm, I'm comments, I, and that's another like this movie just came out at the right time of 2004. No social media. It's not part of the plot. It probably would have been a lot meaner. Uh, yeah. It just, it just. Uh, but yeah, That's no. Uh, <laughs> my high school experience out. was very different. It wasn't any. <laughs> yeah, no you're right. This books. does come out. This comes out like uh, right before the internet becomes what we know it today. Right before the social media yes. boom. Right before YouTube becomes a thing. Right, like just a few years before the first smartphone. So it's kind of like the last part of that era, you know, where people are still using yeah. flip phones and yeah, you, you are using like an actual physical book to talk about people instead of like a, like a Amy Poehler is using basically, I mean, we're going to have to explain that like video cameras, like she's using a giant <laughs> camcorder. She's using a giant one. Yeah. And yeah. That, that that's like dad vacation uh, camera that's instead so of just like she, she would be using a cell phone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, everyone has their cell phones out now. Um, but, you know, I want to talk about the um, the rest of the main cast because I think this movie is so well casted. Like, you know, Regina George is a great character. I, You know, I, yes. I don't think she's a role model. I don't think she should be looked up to. But I think, you know, Rachel McAdams, this would probably be considered her breakout role we also talked about the notebook on another episode but 2004 is her breakout year yes yes that's true you know i was very relieved that uh her career wasn't uh you know totally (laughs) killed by the hot chick you know she that was like one of her first movies but thankfully she got that's one of your favorite movies jj you (laughs) i have jj and i used to live together and i have uh walked in on him watching this movie yeah, I had come I home from work and he's watching this I movie. Love the hot yeah. It's a great movie. <laughs> it's shamelessly. It's actually stupid. not that bad. It's not that. B- I mean, it's a pretty serviceable, fun movie. <laughs> it's it's definitely shamelessly stupid. But again, thankfully, Rachel McAdams was able to uh, continue her career after that. She you know wasn't. Uh, it's not like she got into this and was immediately um, thrown out of Hollywood. So she gets into this movie and she's just so perfect as Regina George. And uh, she she totally gets this character is so well written because I do think, you know, Mean Girls are really smart, and Regina George is really smart at coming up with these schemes to control people and get her way. Like uh, a classic scene earlier on when she calls that one girl's mom pretending to be from Planned Parenthood. I mean, that is so <laughs> diabolically evil. And then of course later on when she puts herself in the burn book to frame the other girls. I mean, that's. That's that's classic. I like movies with smart characters who, you know, sometimes are even a step ahead of the audience. And she delivers her lines so well. She dies. Oh, I love (laughs) my favorite from her is when it's after, you know, Aaron Samuels breaks up with her and her friends are consoling her. That is such a great scene. You know, like I was half a virgin when I met him. And there's a great line where she's chewing out Karen because Karen has this insane suggestion where she goes, you want to do something fun? You want to go to Taco Bell? <laughs> Gina just flips out on her and goes, I can't go to Taco Bell, Karen. I want an all-carb diet. God, you're stupid. You're so stupid. I love that. And then she goes, no one understands me. <laughs> she cries. I don't know you guys, but I love suggestion. Karen's amazing. I would love to go to Taco Bell in high school. That would have been the most fun thing to do, honestly. <laughs> that's that's true. Um, I... Uh, I'm kind of shocked that McDonald's, I guess Taco Bell, there's a surf taco by me. And that's where kids, high school kids, go to hang out. Kids, I remember, like, ever since uh, McDonald's kind of added Wi-Fi and got, like, I, I, like, and made it more like, hey, you can hang out here. People actually, like, hang out at these places. (laughs) Oh, it's the big cafe. That's something that I never did. They turned, they turned. 
The McDonald's McCafes, right? Those are like maybe like the new yeah. Starbucks or something. People go there and they like, uh, you know, just use the Wi-Fi. But I passed by the South, uh, the Surf Taco, and there are like youths hanging out. Youths, like just hanging. Yeah, you like the ruffians, as I call them. Uh, uh, but they're just hanging out in front. And I guess you can hang out at a Taco Bell. Uh, but well, <laughs> well, that's yeah. the thing. At high school, there's not much to do. You right. you go hang out at like Taco Bell. You go to the mall. Like yeah, the mall. I was a mall rat. I was a mall rat. <laughs> the mall. They, yeah, I like when they show it earlier on. Yeah, you know, they go to the mall and all the kids are hanging out there because it's so true. I mean, the kids love just hanging out at the mall because there aren't that many things to do in in the suburbs for a teenager. So you know, absolutely. I love shopping. So. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, other cast members you have, um, Lacey Chabert as Gretchen Wieners. The I only get, choice they wanted. They it, only wanted her. She's, and she's, she she's, knocked she's, it out of the park. She's great. And for the longest time, I went without knowing that Lacey Chabert is also the voice of Eliza Thornberry. Um, you know, just two completely different characters. Uh, but <laughs> it kind of made me realize watching this time, it's like, oh, you know, uh katie was homeschooled while her parents were like working in africa and we were thinking like you know katie when she starts out she's like a weird hybrid of eliza and debbie thornberry you know she's like the sweet ginger girl but she also has like a grunge sort of thing going on with her outfits so uh it's like oh what if what if you found out like, what if they had Katie with an older, like, you know, uh, cynical sister, and it turns out that this is just, like, uh, a spinoff of, like, Wild Thornberries or something. Like, oh, when they come to America. <laughs> I love it. I, I wonder, surprised. I wonder if they had that conversation on set. Like, wait a minute. Like, like uh, Lacey Chabert just saying these fun facts. Yeah, like, yeah. hey, this has a lot in common with my other show. Yeah, because I think the Wild Thornberries might have still been going on at the time. But I think she's... she's uh, she's classic as this like extremely needy gossipy uh girl you know she gets a lot of really great lines in there too the fetch thing i love the fetch thing because you can every time gretchen says fetch you can see uh regina getting more and more annoyed with her you know until obviously she finally snaps fetch is not gonna happen (laughs) i I love that will stand the test of time that quote like fetch is uh, not gonna happen in fact i even relate that whenever i see other trends that you know like like the media whoever is trying to force onto the public and it's not oh, yeah. catching i think of that i think of like guys like this is like fetch it's not gonna and you usually see it in the thread you usually see that like this yeah, is peop- not good people people relate that it's it's kind of like the thing to describe you know uh an attempt at a trend but this falls flat on its face uh and then yeah amanda seyfried as her first as, role her oh, first yeah, role her breakout role for sure and uh, yeah, she's she's totally believable as the dumb girl. In fact, every time I see her in something, I kind of always think of her as I assume her characters are dumb just based on her character in this movie. She has that yeah. face, like that wide-eyed face that you know, that it's totally Karen. And I do I, I definitely knew plastic girls like her in school who were just as dumb. Name names. We have the platform. Name names. <laughs> I no, won't name uh, names. Uh, but yeah, no, I think playing dumb is hard harder than people give it credit for well you there's obvious things you could do for a dumb character but like you have to ironically have smart writing to write a dumb character in an interesting way so they give her dumb things to say that are like funny like you have to you have to be smart to think of a clever you have to be smart to think of an interesting dumb thing you know because you could just like have a character be like you know like the but uh, they give her funny lines like, you know, um, my breasts can tell when it's raining. <laughs> you know, like, like something useless like that. I think with her, they're making it very slutty because of the fact she can fit her whole fist in her mouth. Like, yeah. come on. Uh, and that, then the whole boob thing. I oh, forgot she, that joke. And that joke, made, like, <laughs> there are some things uh, just like have not re- having not rewatched it in a while. There are some jokes that I forgot that just caught me by surprise. Like, that I can fit my whole fist in my mouth. <laughs> oh, I've always been a fan of, uh, I'm sick. Like, I love the, uh, like, less than half energy or attempt she gives at pretending she's sick. Boo, you whore. <laughs> Another classic line. I know so many girls who would quote that line, like, boo, you and whore. And remember the gross thing? She hooked up with her cousin. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's so stupid. <laughs> well, you know, you have your cousin and then your 
first cousin and your second cousin, right? That's that how it works? I we don't know the rules and we won't go in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's for another discussion. I'm, yeah, that, that, well, divided divided families. Welcome oh, back. Oh God. <laughs> sit down. Seriously, sit down. Why don't I know you? I'm new. I just moved here from Africa. What? I used to be homeschooled. Wait, what? My mom taught me at home. No, no, I know what homeschool is. I'm not retarded. So you've actually never been to a real school before? Shut up. Shut up. I didn't say anything. Homeschooled. That's really interesting. Thanks. You're like really pretty. Thank you. So you agree? What? You think you're really pretty? So you have so you have your main plastic girls, but yeah. then, you know, Lizzie Kaplan, I think, is also perfect as Janice Ian. And uh, you know, I think ever since then she usually plays these very um what's the word I'm looking for? Like cynical, you know, sort of uh detached sort of characters who are just have these great like one liners and a bit of an attitude. She's a great I, punk sort of character. I didn't realize that was her until I re- until like I love Party Down. That was is such a it's like a two season underrated show. It's a great show. Funny people, um, and that was I always thought that was my introduction to Lizzie Kaplan because mm-hmm. she Lizzie Kaplan can do comedy and then go to drama with Masters of Sex. And it took yeah. me years. That I'm like, wait a minute, she's Janice Ian in Mean Girls. <laughs> yeah. Like you you totally see it, but we you did. don't have a concept of so I, w- I didn't have i was only 14 13 going into high school i had no concept of a celebrity like that except for like Lindsay lohan exactly in fact uh you know same thing i was i was 13 when this came out and i didn't really uh you know connect the dots for who these actors were later on when i was starting to become aware of you know who's you know what celebrities are who so you know this was i didn't really watch saturday night live when i was younger so this was kind of my introduction to a lot of these actors like Amy Poehler. So then when I get into Parks and Rec, I forget that she's the mom in Mean Girls. And then I go back to Mean Girls and it's like, oh, my God, like, that's her. I'm so <laughs> used to her as Leslie Nope. And then here she is playing this absolutely insane mom character. Um, and then, you know, just a nice, nice um, performance from um, Anna Gasteyer as the mom. Like, and Neil really Flynn solid. as the like yeah. I think Neil Flynn plays uh, a great dad, and I know people who I don't know anyone who watched The Middle. Uh, that seemed uh, I've not that show ran for like ten years, uh, but well, he seems like a him, most people know him from Scrubs, right? A I mean, scrub, yeah, I know him from Scrubs, but like he is like a great he father in this. Like he knows yeah, like the parents are really good in this. Uh, and, I guess you're yeah. grounded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, are they not allowed to go out when they're grounded? <laughs> they get some nice moments in there too. You know, I think that's that's what's so great too about the writing is that even a, like in, it, a lot of other writers would not really give interesting things for these, uh, you know, like tertiary characters to do. And so it's nice that Tina Fey took the time to give like you know the parents some um, a couple of funny moments here and there. You know, even if they're not as like outrageous as, say, like you know, the Karen character. Well, we're all talking about our high school experiences, but I, doing research, in into this movie, this is based on a book. Uh, this yes. is based on a, I, I think if you're tackling a subject like this or a nonfiction book, Tina Fey, like there, she read the book and there isn't really a plot. It's just talking about Mean Girls in high school. Okay. Tina Fey did the smart thing about putting her own experiences into this. Yeah, and that is I think, smart. Like it's so, and that adds to the relatability to it. I think it just adds to the, like she. This is a Tina Fey. I miss. I want her to like kind of go back into movies now that like I she like you know she went on to Thirty Rock and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but right. I, I I miss her. Like this was her only. If I'm not mistaken, this is her only feature. Which, did she did she write Baby Mama? Did she write that one? I think she actually yeah you're right. I think she wrote that with Amy. Yeah, probably. Okay, that was more uh, of a of a partnership writing, and this maybe is like her only solo feature script. Uh, yeah, and you know what? Like, cause this, you're right. She it's it's smart of her to take her own high school experiences, cause you know she, as a comedic writer, you can tell she sees everything through a comedic lens, and she sees the comedic possibilities and everything, even maybe her own 
you know, painful high school experiences, which is so great. You know, you have reading to embrace her, it. Reading her biography, which is, I would recommend to everyone, Miss Bossy Pants, uh, like, <laughs> she she had, like, you know, uh, she she was Katie, probably even, like, you know, her, she was, like, a nerd outcast type, so, and, like, I think some of those teachers are based off, of, like, they're, they took their names from real people, I think, like, she's her friend, her college roommate, Oh, okay. uh in one of the scripts like used her name uh yeah, but yeah no this is this is like uh tina fey just being very vulnerable and exp- like bearing her soul her humor her to- like that's and great it, and mark waters was able to i don't know it's just a perfect concoction of why it works yeah it was a great a great matchup between writer and director and you know tina fey even in in her performance as miss norbury yeah, she's kind of just herself, you know, she's just being like yeah. Tina Fey, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe like a less quirky version of Liz Lemon. But uh, that's her. She's, she's still you know, it's still very likable. She gets very Tina Fey sort of deliveries in there, you know, like, oh, no, I'm just here with my boyfriend, you know, like things like that. Uh, very Do you want quintess- some drugs? <laughs> quintessential uh, Tina Fey there. And uh, I think I think she's a pretty good uh, actress, you know, just not just from her uh, time, comedic delivery. But just, um, I don't know, her whole presence, you know, she just is in it. And I, I think, you know, obviously everyone knows her for her writing and her comedic delivery. But I don't know, she just is just so natural on camera. And I just, maybe because it's kind of just a version of herself. But um, yeah, you know, I, I, I just enjoy her just living in the moment in this movie. She looks like a teacher too. So. Yeah, yeah, she exactly. Does. She does. Uh, she really it, does. I'm happy it, and it feels that everyone on this set not only had a good time, but I'm ha- it looks like they gave a shit about making something good. Because I think yeah. movies like this, uh, I remember watching on whatever channel it is now, Freeform or ABC Family. Freeform, I remember yeah. uh, it, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. That movie just looks like by the numbers, let's get this out. Like, right. like, it, it, like a lot of those teen movies, especially of the 2000s, can come across as just by the numbers like we get like the kids will see this on friday nights at the mall anyway like bare bones and just get some attractive actors in there and that's get some attractive actors and uh but everyone just looks like they gave a shit on this production and it looks like they became friends and it there's real chemistry you can tell there's so much chemistry and with this movie they actually didn't focus on the attractive people as much. They had so many different looking people. I love how they brought yeah. in so many different people that are, it's just, it's great how they have that. Yeah. We're like, like um, the, the student body and the teachers and everything, they're not all just like super glamorous people. I mean, this is like a Chicago suburb and you get like more relatable, normal looking cast members, you know, who play like all these different cliques. And uh, that's just, that's one of many touches that, uh, you know, make it stand out from your, like you said, your, your typical, you know, cliched high school movie where everyone's attractive and, you know, the unattractive people are just attractive people with glasses, basically. And they don't have the typical, like, jocks and cheerleaders. You don't see that as much. Yeah, you know, that's, there's not much of a focus. Like, the plastics, you know, they date some of the jocks, but you don't really see too much of them. There's, uh, what is it, Shane Omen is the only really prominent jock, and he doesn't really have that much screen time anyway. Like, yeah. Aaron Samuels, I guess, is the jock. He, uh, he plays soccer, right? But, uh, yeah, he doesn't really come off as your typical jock. He's just that, you know, the cute boy next door. Good hair. Know, with the good haircut. Uh, Tina Fey wanted him because he looked like Jimmy Fallon. I don't like, really see it. I don't I, see it like, or he, he, had, he had Jimmy Fallon. Like, way about I don't him? Know, he, way about him, I guess. I, 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 I might be getting the quote wrong. but I think when he smiles. Right. I yeah, see it when he smiles. I kind of see it maybe from, like, the eyes up that could be, like, you know, maybe a distant relative of Jimmy Fallon or something. But, uh you know, Aaron Samuels, uh, or, you know, what's, what's the name of the actor? Uh, cause I feel, I feel bad. I feel like Jonathan act- Bennett, Jonathan Bennett, yeah. Jonathan Bennett. I feel bad is maybe one of the actors who didn't really have much of a career after this. He was on, um, what's that? Cake Wars or something like that. Uh, big brother. <laughs> he was on, I don't watch. He was on, I don't watch celebrity big brother. Uh, but I do remember he was on that season when like Omarosa and, yeah. and, uh, Ross, the intern, I think, but they, I don't. Why do I know this? I don't know. I, my brain has useless facts. They won't even ask that stuff in Jeopardy. 
I know that, <laughs> but I remember going like, "Hey, it's the guy from uh, Mean Girls. That's what yeah. he's up to now. That, that's all he's really known for." And I think all he really does is maybe uh, some public appearances uh, for you know Mean Girls. That's his. That uh, you know, I mean, he that, could probably ride that for you know maybe the rest of his life. I don't know. Well, the actor who played Damien, I kind of Damien, he is also as quotable as Regina George. Oh yeah, like, like oh my gosh, Danny DeVito, I love your work. Glenn Coco is such a th- writing having you don't know what lines are going to stick with people no but just you writing the know. name glenn coco and his whole sequence like none for you gretchen like people quote that good for you glenn <laughs> like, coco people love glenn coco glenn people coco. love glenn coco and i don't even know what he looks like you don't even I, see his face like, see his hair. exactly <laughs> uh glenn coco but like that actor granted i could be totally wrong but he, i haven't really seen him in stuff uh, the only since, thing i've seen him he in... killed it the only thing I've seen him in since is Looking, the HBO Looking. show. He was in the second season of that. Um, Actually, he and Jonathan Bennett were both on Drag Race because Jonathan uh, Bennett's gay. I mean, he played the jock and he ended up being Wait, gay. Jonathan Bennett's right? gay? He is? Yes, oh, wow. He is gay, right. and that's right. Uh, they both have been on Drag Race. Uh, I believe in a recent season, they were guest judges in a Snatch Game episode. So, you know, they'll do random TV guest spots like that, I guess. Oh, uh, wow. You know, that's well, like the fame. That's like, I think that just goes to the, like, Jonathan Bennett, uh, that Damien actor whose name I'm forgetting at the moment. But the legacy of this movie, this movie had memes before memes had even, like, <laughs> yeah. knew, knew, like, before they were a thing. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. This this was like, but, and uh, you guys can speak to the legacy a little bit because you guys saw the play. We saw like the they musical. made a play about this movie, and they're thinking about making a movie about this play uh, about the play, which I don't. It's that's too much. I have uh, thoughts I, on. Uh, I have thoughts on that too. We saw the musical, and to be honest, we weren't crazy about it's it. It's not the same. The it's only not. cool thing is that they modernize it. They they bring social media, which is super important now. So it's like. They yeah. really did that touch that that made it more of today, which I don't mind if they make it into a movie. That was actually, I think it was smart to modernize it because, like we've been mentioning, you know, this is this movie comes before the social media age, right before that, and so maybe it'd be interesting to see a modern update on that, how social media would affect the story and these characters. Um, like if Regina was an influencer, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. That you makes know. sense. Yeah. Oh, she would be. Even I bet all people, three of them would be. And people are, uh, yeah. The, the backdrop, you know, they have one of the the, the musical has one of those um, has the backdrops where they would project the social media reactions to the scenes. And you know, during um, the Jingle Bell Rock scene in the musical, you know, by then Regina has started to get heavy. And uh, at one point, like her like pants rip, and there's like a shot of her butt, and that shot of the butt gets like posted all over like Facebook or something. Like that's just one example <laughs> of how they utilize that. And that's kind of funny. We liked that update, but besides that, it was pretty much like an obligatory just musical version that, um, you know, it seemed like to cater really to fans of the movie and not really to, to anyone who was maybe new to the story. Like, they have, they even have the Glenn Coco line in the musical. And of course, when they say that, the audience who's, you know, they go wild, you know, they love that. And it's like, okay, like, I guess you get in all your famous lines from the movie into the the musical, but I just feel like it didn't add anything. You know, there, mm. there wasn't really anything that made it worth turning into a musical for. I do imagine. Is, oh, oh, sorry. Go, Eric. Oh, sorry. Just the thing is that a lot of high school students now can't really relate to Mean Girls back then as much because social media is so big now in high school, right. and bringing yeah. that into modern light really hits home for people of in high school right now. Yeah, that's that's I true. I mean, I, I don't yeah, know no, if I don't know if high school kids today are watching Mean Girls because, like you said, they can't. It's from a different high school era, and you know, I think it's mostly people who were in high school at the time, or you know, people our age who continue to rewatch it. I don't really know if teenagers, you know, would enjoy this movie as much. Well, they would, but just bringing in social media really brings it up today. They'll mm-hmm. look at it as a time capsule of 2000, like this, because I know, hey, Ariana Grande must be a big fan because this is oh. her, that's the whole, like she does a whole, big homage to it in her breakup the, video, in yeah. her, her, thank, her, you her next. thank You Next video. And like the whole movie, like, and you got Kris Jenner playing Amy Poehler. 
It's Regina. She wants to hang out with me tonight, but she told me not to tell you. Do not hang out with her. Why? Oh, you don't want me to tell you. Oh, you can tell me. Hold on. Oh, my God, she's so annoying. Who is? Who's this? Gretchen. Right. Hold on. Oh, my God, she's so annoying. I know. Just get rid of her. Okay, what is it? Regina says everyone hates you because you're such a slut. She said that? You didn't hear it from me. A little harsh, Gretch. <sighs> Whatever, she has a right to know. I can't go out. <clears throat> I'm sick. Boo, you whore. Okay, this isn't going to be, be like, I'm not one-siding or the other it. But there, I wonder if, were some jokes in the play changed? Because the humor is very 2004 of its time. And they, because they do say, like, I, uh, I imagine some kids today would be like, oh, they said retard. Or uh, like, yeah. they, the, the, te like, we're so cavalier about the teacher relationship. Right, right. I, th I still think that's funny because how it's, it's written very well. But I can imagine people looking at it differently. But I, can I imagine always... I can imagine people like um, maybe not being a fan of how homophobic some of the characters are, right? That may be. I mean, it's not like the yeah. movie is condoning that, but you know, you have like you know in the burn book, like you know, like Janice Ian, you know, is is called a dyke. That's a thing. Yeah. Back then, being gay was not acceptable. Like, now the gay people are actually the cool people at school. You know, they're the popular people. But back then, I was in the closet. I was afraid of coming out because of this. George W. Bush was, like, at the high... Like, this was his second election. Gay marriage was, like, the biggest issue of the time. It was a big time. debate still. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. I think it's called, like, the gay... I think the trope is, like, the gay scares where, like, two characters are, are like, Oh, I'm not gay! I'm not gay! Like, yeah, that, yeah. That, I mean, that... I always think it's of the time... This movie, while I, and yeah, I'm not taking a side or the other. I, of course, it, uh, I imagine Tina Fey rewrote the play to not have retard like some. I imagine it wasn't like you know, some of the jokes were written differently, like because they say, re like, Regina George says retard pretty often. I'm like, a wow, I haven't, I haven't heard someone call another person that word in since high school. I mean, she says like a few times, like, you know, like. You know, oh, I know what homeschooling is. I'm not retarded. You know, like things like that. And uh, yeah, that was that was like a common thing to say back then. But yeah, definitely not now. You have a much more socially conscious. Um, you but know, people still kids still say stupid things like that. Like, really oh yeah, they, they do. do. I did not see. I you know, for someone, and that's why I'm like, I'm not. Of course, if uh, this movie would be rewritten differently today, but I'm also this movie is of. The time 2004, we take the good with the bad, we take the cringe with the really funny. Uh, I mean, it's mostly but, good. I don't think there's really anything okay. that's genuinely offensive. I mean, like I said, like some of the characters can be homophobic, yeah. uh, but it's not really like the movie is doing any homophobic jokes. Like the, I, it's it's you know it's just the characters really, and you know I think oh. nowadays you maybe it's like um, you know very socially conscious people don't like the idea of humanizing a homophobic character. Yeah, no, I, I just hope that this movie is about 15, 16 years old. I just hope that when it comes around like the, to the 20th anniversary, I like, I don't think we need to have a conversation about this movie. I, I think no, this movie is funny. I this hope there's no funny. article. There's going to be like an article probably that's like, Oh, like mean girls doesn't age. Well, mean girls, is offensive in ways you didn't think about, you know, like, oh, I, we should like, not watch this movie anymore. No, like this, it's amazing that this movie, a movie like this, where, yeah, no, Superbad is also really funny, but has not been able to, like, it's, that movie you know, people still age, say it's funny. That movie ages worse, I would argue, Superbad, because they constantly are saying fag, like, you know, they constantly call the Fogel character faggle, you know, it's like That's that. That's right. And, and uh, you know, that, again, maybe you're just trying to show how high school kids talk, but that is um, not even in a way, that's not even depicted in a negative way. That's just, like, the joke. And, uh, you know, that that 
sort of early Seth Rogen sort of humor. You know, I think they got away from that eventually. But we were yeah, okay. I mean, we, we I mean, it flew I haven't by, watched you know? Superbad in a while, but it would make me laugh while also being like I have perspective, a different perspective than I did when I was in high school. But the difference between Superbad and Mean, Gr- mean Girls is in our lexicon. Yeah. Like people, like it's in our language, it, and very few movies are able to do that. And if, and the one thing I was happy was I, I, you don't see any of that in the Rotten Tomatoes reviews. Even the people that found it meh or just even didn't like it, they don't go after the it, the humor didn't strike them. But they're not. I don't think we're gonna have to have a conversation about mean girls but can no. we just like i don't think we need to have a conversation about mean girls no i don't think so if anything i think the fact that it was a female-led high school movie um is what is keeping it fresh too because usually you know it most high school movies you know if it does focus on a um you know on a female character it's all about her love interest and you know like obviously uh katie's uh crush on aaron samuels is a big plot driver but that's not really that's just one of many plot lines in the movie and you know maybe like some earlier movies like you know she's all that or something it's all about the guy that she has a crush on so there's there's more dynamics there and there's just you know different kinds of female characters that you didn't really see in earlier movies so if anything that being that, that being said, I do want to see a She's All That musical. <laughs> I've been championing that for years. I'm surprised we haven't done it. You've always you've we always got... had a, a weak spot for She's All That. It's see, that's a different kind of teen movie that just warms your heart, and that it's not divided. It's both rot- both the audiences and critics did not like it. I yep. will talk about it in I the like next it. bonus episode. You'll defend it. <laughs> All right, that that's fair. Uh, I mean, to be fair too, like I've enjoyed high school movies that are from a different era before mine. You know, I've been, oh, even when I was in high school, I enjoyed The Breakfast Club. You know, I enjoyed Clueless. Yeah. You know, that was, those are from maybe a time period where I don't really relate to, but I can still get a good sense of what it was like back then. People enjoy, you know, uh, what was it, Dazed and Confused? That was, I mean, it, takes, it was made in the 90s, but it was, takes place in the 70s. And again, this movie that's gets one people enjoy. A lot of people on Rotten Tomatoes compared it to, like, this isn't, heathers and i don't think it's trying like but this is in terms of like a a high school satire that does it very well i don't know heathers i saw once and heathers i I liked it but whatever i like it fine (laughs) i think heathers is fine and maybe you could say that's the first mean girls movie uh, yes. You know, you have your your all girl click, and they're very uh, they're more intense, mean. weren't they? Oh well, it's way <laughs> that movie's way more intense because like characters kill each other. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. That's that's more um, satirical in like a dark way. Like that's that movie is dark, and yeah. you know, Mean Girls. You know, it kind of takes things uh, a little to the extreme. It's a bit exaggerated, but it's still very relatable. The thing is, with Mean Girls and the plastics, the plastics I could see them in my high school. Actually, there were girls like that in my high school. You had Regina, who is good at being fake. That's where the plastic. She's so good at being fake. She has that smile where, like, I really hate you. You suck, but I'm smiling, oh, telling you good yeah, she compliments. Does, she does those things, yeah, where it's like, oh, nice skirt. Where'd you get it? Oh, that's the ugliest ethnic skirt I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, things, things like and that. And then Gretchen with the big hair full of secrets. Like, there's this gossip girl who just, like, speaks so fast about everything, knows everybody's drama. Drama was so big in high school. Oh, I, I <laughs> yeah. one of the things I love about Gretchen is how she brings up how her dad invented toaster strudel. And, okay, first of all, that is one of the things I like about Tina Fey. She just picks, like, the most random things. So, like, toaster strudel of all things. And, like, she even has the line when the principal's talking to them, like, I don't think my father, the inventor of toaster strudel, would be too pleased to hear about this. And I'm, like, thinking, oh, my gosh, God forbid the inventor of toaster strudel should get upset at you. I love that hollow thread. It's so funny. Um, And, uh, yeah, like, Gretchen Wieners. And Karen, like, there's a bunch of dumb hoes in high school, honestly. Like, I remember these girls just who are really stupid and sleeping around and but you know the thing though once about- again we need names name names <laughs> i will not name names but you know the thing about gretchen wieners that uh maybe like i'm not like uh, one this is a minor issue i have it seems like all the characters except gretchen wieners have development at the end like regina you know becomes one of the lacrosse girls and is able to get her aggression out that way karen you know uses her useless you know weather powers for good 
Um, and then, but like Gretchen just finds another click to be like a gossipy girl with, and you know, okay, maybe she becomes bilingual. Good for her, but she's still the same. But needy she's that girl. gossipy character. She's that girl who's always a follower. She always wants to follow yeah. these groups and follow these this figure of this popular girl or something. It would have been. I mean, it just. I'm just saying. All the other characters seem to like evolve, and it just seemed like that at the end Gretchen is still her same miserable gossipy self. Um, you know, because yeah, they all the current Karen are like followers. In fact, another favorite moment I have when Katie realizes she's the queen bee, and you know Gretchen and Katie are like right behind her. Uh, or sorry, Gretchen and Karen are right behind her, and they're like, "Are we gonna do anything this weekend? What are we doing? What are we doing?" And when Katie is like, oh, "I'm busy," they're like, "What? What?" And then she's like, "Well, maybe I could." be free they're like yeah 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 <laughs> they become like that's like the most extreme like sycophant moment for them do you know the plots are a lot like in daria they're just like quinn's group oh the fashion club they're just like yeah them. yeah that's true like regina would be like sandy right and then oh karen would be like um tiffany oh my god that works pretty well and gretchen is like no they actually, um stacy yeah that's perfect yeah that is like that's the same archetypes the mean girl the dumb girl and the needy girl it's it's the exact same uh archetypes it's uh, and that's from you know it's a similar era but that one's from like daria was late 90s early 2000s yeah that works just as well uh these archetypes have always been around laura i don't hate you because you're fat you're fat because i hate you i just wish we could all get along like we used to in middle school I wish that I could bake a cake made out of rainbows and smiles and we'd all eat be happy. She doesn't even go here. Do you even go to this school? No. I just have a lot of feelings. I think it's safe to say that we all love this movie. <laughs> and, no, but I hey, if it and it's if it doesn't I guess if it doesn't tickle your fancy in terms of humor, I get that. Uh uh but I think the legacy of this movie has, like our previous movie before Spider-Man, I think the legacy of this movie has just, it, I think the evidence speaks for itself. I think it continues to hold up. You know, it'll stand the test of time. Um, I'm just trying to think about anything else that, you know, wouldn't, like, look as good over time. But I, I really don't think so. Uh, I think it's a pretty universally relatable movie. And it has something to say. You know, I think it, it's, again, tackling the that popular girl mentality. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I, I like the idea that, um, you know, Katie, uh, you know, gets kind of into deep. You know, you can also kind of yeah. look at this movie as kind of like an espionage movie where, you know, the person gets into deep and becomes the person, you know, that she was trying to avoid. The music it's in this movie. The, the music it's basically movie, the... Sorry, the sorry. departed no no uh, it's basically the departed with uh <laughs> <laughs> with high with school girls because well, if you think about it, the music in this movie you know it's got that great again like if you you know the the fact that the time capsule movie that great like early to mid 2000s uh soundtrack but they they use that same song uh to depict like the innocent katie right like you know there's like kind of that light uh guitar you know song where like like at the party yeah, Aaron looks at the old pictures of Katie and oh, hear yes. that song again. I, <laughs> yeah, it's like a light song, but it kind of like, you know, I like when music kind of is used to, um, you know, characterize someone in a way. And that's like, yeah, the, you have the innocent Katie. I also think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Speaking of which, though, I, had, I think I have another issue with this movie. I don't know if Katie and Aaron should have gotten together at the end, right? Like, because like, even though Aaron goes off to college, didn't, don't they like become an item at the end of yeah, the movie. Yeah, they do, but he yeah, he goes to the college, but um, it just shows that after someone changes, there's a way for them to like be who they truly were. And he felt mm. he was actually into the original the Katie. The old Katie, yeah. So they want to show that that he was actually attracted to the original Katie. Yeah, she just it just goes to show you got to be yourself. Um and yeah, I I like how this movie too. It's not one of those movies where a character screws up and immediately redeems themselves. You know, I do like that there's the pretty much a longer fourth act than you see in a lot of other movies. Yeah. Ka- Katie screws up pretty bad, you know, like at the party, the low moment uh, when her when Janice and Damien confront her. And but then it's like a whole it's like 20 whole minutes of, 
you know, just things getting worse and worse and worse. You have the big fight scene where everyone is like going crazy and then, you know, Katie's grounded and, you know, people are ostracizing her. That goes on for a really long time in a movie that, you know, compared to other movies you see where it's like, oh, I screwed up. And but here's the, the very next scene. and I'm going to do something to make people forgive me right away. You know, I, I like that she has to live in this uh, in these consequences um, and really like own up to what yeah. she has to do. You know, I, I've seen some teen movies where it's like there are no consequences for people's actions and it's kind of infuriating. And, you know, Katie really has to pay the piper uh, in the fourth act of this movie. And that's refreshing <laughs> to see. I think they Tim want Meadows. to teach her a lesson, too. Tim be. Meadows, yeah, like, you know, most people don't give a speech. But I, I, I do think that's a heartwarming. Everyone gets a piece of the crown and she's saying, like, you look beautiful in that dress. I don't know. There is a very good that's message nice. in this movie. I also get a kick out of Damien like gas when she breaks the crown, but like that crown probably costs like what ten bucks at like a party store or something. It's like it, not that big a deal. It's just it's plastic. the little things in this movie. It, it's well, the little things that like the characters do. By, I was a little confused by this spring fling king and queen thing because I think they're saying during the dance scene that like the king and queen are like. Uh, gonna re- represent the class and organize events for the next year or something like that doesn't happen <laughs> i was like confused by that wait the king and queen are like on the student council i don't think like for example regina george would want to do that kind of thing like she wants to be the queen but she doesn't want to like be involved or anything uh I, just a little like plot detail that i was like picking up for the first time it's like yeah you know, one of those movies where you watch so much and each time you kind of notice something different Regina George is flawless. She has two Fendi purses and a silver Lexus. I hear her hair is insured for $10,000. I hear she does car commercials in Japan. Her favorite movie is Varsity Blues. One time she met John Stamos on a plane and he told her she was pretty. One time she punched me in the face. It was awesome. Um, so, um, you know, we can go on and on about our favorite scenes and quotes with this movie, but uh, I think maybe we've reached the point where we can give our own scores and uh you know did we even i don't think we said what the scores were yeah oh, yeah yeah 84 we... percent with uh with critics 66 percent with audiences so you know it's it's fresh on both sides but the you know, audiences are way closer to mixed um you know whereas and that's that's reflective because the the most negative reviews are meh you know middle middle yeah ground. um but we feel more positively about this movie so you know eric as our guest this time around uh do us the honors what would be your percentage for this movie i mean honestly i'd love to give it 100 but i'm gonna give it 97 oh okay oh, wow wow that's a pretty high score is this one of your favorite movies is this is one it, of your favorite movies it's a movie that is dear to my heart i don't know i just felt like this is a movie that got me excited about life in a sec i don't know why it's just it's just so entertaining so quotable i quote a lot of the movie mm-hmm. and it's all the word vomit. It's just, it's just great. <laughs> <laughs> word vomit. That's another great, uh, another great phrase that came out of this. Because it's true, people definitely have word vomit, especially when they're drinking, uh, and actual vomit. Uh, okay, so ninety-seven. Keith, what uh, score would you give it? I think this movie is being, uh, yeah, it's not perfect, but it is a perfect storm of everything just working really well together. And honestly, like seeing your love for it, Eric, that, like, like I could totally I think you speak for a lot of people uh, who really do how they see this movie as their favorite. I'm going to give it a 90. I think what it does, it, I think what it does, it does like it, it sticks the landing and yep. people are still talking about that landing 15 years later. So, yeah, I think it's a 90. I, yeah, I definitely this movie gets a lot of points for how much it has remained to resonate over the years. I mean, that's hard to do. How many movies come and go and you never hear from them again? And this movie, people continue to enjoy. You know, we've probably seen it over 20 times and uh, we enjoy it each time. Um, yeah, I agree. I would, for a high school movie, I would, you know, and how well it's written, it definitely stands above the rest. So I would give this, um, I'll give it a 91 just Ooh. to trump keats 90 hmm. um you know I, I mean in terms of you know is it like a movie that is revolutionizing cinema or anything like no but for what it's trying to do for the genre it's in and the goals it's out to do it like really hit the mark 
and uh, did a lot of things that it didn't really have to do. You know, like little touches that yes. really elevated, and that's all in the writing. So all credit to uh, Tina Fey, and also credit to the cast uh, for you know just. Uh, really fleshing out these really realized characters congratulations everyone <laughs> you, yeah. you uh um, but yeah so you hit i, you I said would give, it best um i so you know 97 i mean it's all it's an egg <laughs> yeah you know 97 we, we, 91 90 we're citing we are officially citing with the critics <laughs> Uh, on mean girls we're not gonna be as mean on this movie as uh some of the audience members were because they're like Karen. They're so stupid. So to all the, the mean girls out there in the world, uh, your movie will uh, always stand the test of time. So uh, that wraps it up for Mean Girls. Uh, we'll probably watch it again sometime soon. Um, thank you, Eric, my love, yeah, for thanks. coming on the podcast finally. Of course. Happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to have you back. Yeah, definitely. We'll find another... Uh, Another great movie that maybe uh, hits home for you to, to talk about if it's divided. Um, you never know. You never know. If Mean Girls is divided, really anything could be divided. Uh, but uh, until then, uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and join us again next time for another divided film.